Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry every week, each and every week. I am Nick Axelrod-Welk, joined as always by Diamond Creek Bomb, who's already puttering and futzing in the background. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> Diamond, how was the wedding? This, oh, is the, it, this is the post-wedding recap episode. It was good, but I have wedding, I have horrible wedding anxiety now because... I, in hindsight, actually, I knew it when it was happening. I, two summers ago, I had gone to a lot of weddings. It was COVID had opened the world up and I was seeing someone new and I was his going to the weddings with them date to all of the cousins, weddings, all of the friends, whatever. All of my friends from college and high school, none of them are married. So like I I'm not like a wedding girly. I'm not like your bridesmaid. I like don't I've never I've maybe gone to six weddings before two years ago in my life. <clears throat> and then suddenly it was like 10. And I didn't realize that there were so many rules around what you can wear to a wedding. Like obviously I know not to wear white or anything that looks like a wedding dress. But Is that a real rule? Not to wear white to a wedding? Like, a, but if as long as it's not a wedding dress, you definitely can't wear like a white dress to a wedding because also like think about like modern weddings. The the bride is not always wearing a, a ball strapless ball gown anymore from, you know, true Vera Wang or it could whatever. Be anyone. Um, yeah, they really just blend in uh, a humble bride. <laughs> but there's also rules like you're not really supposed to wear red. And what do you know? I'm like wearing i like ordered an alaya red <laughs> gown and Anoretta? wore alaya it's from clueless continue what they say Odawata about alaya i thought it was yeah when get she's on the like, ground when he get on the ground and she's like but it's alaya and he's like oh i don't i don't Anoretta? and he, she's like he's a very important it's a very important designer isn't that true Maybe you're right, but that sounds like a sarcastic response sounds more like Josh or her dad. True. Maybe it's in there somewhere. I don't know. I just I'm remember. Looking. Hold on. I'm just pausing. <clears throat> Shit. Valley information. Yeah, do you have the number of a cab company? Which one? I don't know which one. What do you have out here? Valley cab. Hand it over. <gasps> Give me the phone. <gasps> Okay. Back to it. Come on! Are you gonna get sued for this? Now, uh, get down on the ground. Face down. Come on! Oh no. You don't understand. This is an alaya. And a what? He's like right. a totally important designer. And I will totally shoot you in the head. Get out! Okay, so it's really not that important of a detail other than that. Anybody who knows about Aliyah dresses, like they're very tight. So I'm walking on this like tight red gown with like kind of a plunging neckline, but I don't have, I didn't have like <laughs> it just huge. Sounds inappropriate for a wedding huge, across the board. But it I don't was know like, if it's the color. It was like a Hollywood wedding, you know, like it was like okay. young Hollywood. This um, is your dad's wedding to his second wife? No, no, no. This was a wedding. This was, I'm just going, I'm remembering all the times where I wore like bad oh, things oh, to a we're wedding. Oh, on the topic of weddings. Got it. And got then, it, got it. oh, and then 
the guy I was seeing at the time invited me to LA. He was like, come to LA. We'll have so much fun together. Didn't tell me that there was a family wedding that weekend. So I didn't bring (laughs) a dress. And I also like wasn't invited, which is totally fair. We had just started dating and I didn't know, you know, his cousin, who was very nice. And she was nice enough to be like, oh, Annie should just come anyway. So I go to the, like after the ceremony, I, I go to the after party and I'm wearing like a black, like not not I wasn't dressed appropriately for that wedding either and that was like my first impression I felt like but everybody was super nice about it like I didn't think but it just like adds to the times where I fucked up at a wedding and then the worst one was when he told me that his brother's wedding was black tie and so I get like a rhinestone like gown and I should have like I should have really used some context clues here because it was like a beachside wedding in like the Hamptons (laughs) I'm wearing a black dress with a big pink satin bow and like rhinestone trim. It was like when Gucci did like their like Hollywood fashion show. I'm pretty sure it was like a sample from that show. I didn't pay like retail price for this, but I was like, I was like, yes. And he like saw the dress before and he was like, love that one. Yes. Like he was like really gassing me up. you can't trust a guy. Yeah. No. And then, and then they're nice enough to like include me in the hair and makeup at the wedding, his sister-in-law and like family. And I'm seeing what everybody's wearing and I'm just like, everybody's in chiffon pastel. And I'm there in like this, (laughs) in the daytime. I'm I'm picturing like, I'm picturing like a cachet, like prom dress that you're like wearing with like, like spaghetti straps and there's no, like no, no. Swarovski no it was like a it was a nice dress if it was actually a black tie wedding but it wasn't it was like nobody was in tuxes it was just it was linen suit beachside got it got it well then so did the invitation not say black tie that's the other thing i think they probably were like what's annie's address and it there was no no communicado on that and so i didn't actually like so we had we didn't actually get eyes on the invitation. So yeah, so it was my fault. Listen, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take full responsibility. It's my body, my my choice. So, but it's embarrassing, and I wonder if my life would be different had I chosen the right outfits for these weddings. And oh, most recently, yeah. I wore black, which I feel like is the stupidest rule of all. Like, apparently, you're not supposed to wear black to a wedding. So you can't wear black, red, or white. No, apparently not. But like, what does that have to do with? I think red is like a look at me color. And so it's oh, just like it's generally. Like te- it's te- like you can't tempt the, the groom. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. It's probably something no. about that. I'm sure it is. It's definitely like misogyny coded, but it's, it's, I think, I think it all goes back to like letting the bride shine, but I'm also like, she's yeah. gonna, everybody's gonna be looking at her no matter what. Like nobody's looking at like, n- I never just thought crossed my mind like, oh, I'm going to be like star of the show here. <laughs> like up oh, another wedding, another. another t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I had a question. I was thinking about something when you worked at Exo Jane. Like whatever the modern equivalent of that is, would you be considered a content creator? I don't know. That's such a funny question because at ExoJane specifically, they indoctrinated the hate towards the word content into I mean, all it's the, the like, worst word. Yeah. They were like, we don't write content. We do stories. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of my. But probably like the people who came up with the word article probably think that the word stories is like how we think of content. You know what I mean? Well, I think the people that came up with the word article would probably like 
agree that nothing on exogene counted as an article. <laughs> and they're probably dead. <laughs> they're probably fucking dead. But I hate the word content. It just it's this hate. it's this dry like marketing speak for like, you know, whatever the creative department thinks up for us to get some it's engagement. Like, it's it's like the- a commo- it's a it's a commodity. Yes, it's a commodity. It's not like a, an art. Mm-hmm. It's like you fill something with content. It's not like you like it is it is like the most catch all term in the yeah. um It's actually a really condescending term. Yeah. It's like literally content could be like the the polyfill in your like shitty like yes. face jacket. Like that's content. Isn't that called content? Yeah. Or like like, like- your the content <laughs> tag on your like fucking free t-shirt, like content. Like it's just the most contents. It's like literally what is in it. It's just like the thing that fills something else. Yeah. It's just it's just a cell on a spreadsheet. Oh, <laughs> I, that's what I love There's- about I, that's what I love about like working with um like people that don't get it, like whether it's in marketing or just finance or whatever. And they're like, how much money or how, how much content do you think you're putting out? <laughs> this, you're like, Sorry, you're asking me to quantify the like very fickle nature of getting people to interact with me online across like 20 different channels. And then also you're asking me to like start putting content out on five new ones. Like we just want to test and learn. Like, fuck you. <laughs> But yes, here we are creating content. No, but what I was also thinking about, I was thinking about the word content creator. And then I was also thinking about a big no for me. And I hope this doesn't come across as negative is people self-described influencers who also use it as like a, I guess it's a verb like, oh, like I do influencing full time. Wait, are we talking about the word influencer or content? Well, content creator. Yeah, but are they like, describing themselves what, as content creators or influencers? This well, is an I think, important like, the more I think the more like evolved content, you know, I think the more evolved influencers self-identify as content creators, but I think that the more crude influencers think that the word influencer is a is like a career it's like a it's a it's a it's a it's a career i was gonna say it is one of the things on raya which by the way i have a corrections corner that is raya related that is one of my like do not pass go like the the self-described content creators any these are my these are my rules on raya burning man pick automatic no private jet pick automatic no like, sorry, if you have to, like, document yourself in a private jet, it's probably the only time you've been in a private jet. And also put it you on can, your dating you can, profile. Like, You can also rent a set of a private jet in L.A. for, like, by the half an hour. <laughs> I just – it just really – so those are my three. I think those would be my big three. Okay, ready for products of the week. I'm just getting ahead of myself. Top stories. Let's go. So it, – a little peek behind the curtain. When Annie and I record this podcast, we have a document that we put all the links or like most important elements of the stories we want to talk about. Most of Annie's this week are not necessarily beauty related. So I thought we could start with a beauty related top story. Why are you like dragging is... me for doing work? <laughs> No, you did do work, and I am proud of you. 
Okay. Amaris, the uh, biotech company that a few years ago pivoted to creating consumer beauty products with celebrities. They declared bankruptcy a few months ago. I think we talked about it on a on a previous podcast. It's a San Francisco-based biotech startup. They had created a vegan squalane or vegetarian. It just not made out of shark extract or whatever vegan, actual squalane. I think it's vegan. Right. Yeah. They created like a I want to say it's like a sugar-derived squalane and they became an ingredient supplier to, you know, Estee Lauder, et cetera, et cetera. They started making a lot of money with that, like supplying that ingredient. Then they started the CEO, the then CEO started developing all these beauty companies, including Biosan, a brand of hair care for textured hair called For You by Tia, by Tia Maori, a brand with Naomi Watts for menopause. Costa Brazil, they bought from Francisco Costa, Costa, maybe Costa, Costa. Pipette, they fully acquired uh, it? Yeah. Oh, Pipette. Wow. This is years ago. <laughs> this is not the news, Andy. You're going to freak no, out. No, no, I know. I know it's not news. the news. No, no, no. Because we talked about this okay. before. Yes. Continue. Pipette, a baby line, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Rose Inc., Rosie Huntington's uh, makeup line. Anyway, they went bankrupt. They just had a fire sale this week for all of the brands. And the numbers that these brands are going for, I think, really says it all. Okay? So for Amorous, <laughs> yeah, for Amorous brands, including Biosance, uh, sold at auction. This is according to a Women's Wear Daily article. Biosance sold to THG Beauty, which is formerly known as the Hut Group. They own Cult Beauty and Look Fantastic and Paracone MD and a brand called Espa. Guess how much they paid? Sorry, this this is for which brand again? Uh, Biosance, the Sephora clean skincare brand. Two million? 20. Okay, so then maybe that's not so bad. That's the good one. For no, You by pretty, Tia Maori. I mean, no, but uh, when you talk about the valuation of your company, usually when you go out to raise money, like, I don't know, somebody somebody like Biosans, where they're like, we have like a patented ingredient and a technology that nobody else can have, that ups your value. I'm sure they went out and raised money like before they even had a business saying that their business was worth $20 million. So that's actually... Right not a good okay. return. Ready? I mean, they, did, they didn't um, see a re- nobody saw a return on that is the no. point. For you by Tia, the Tia Maori brand of hair care that's in Walmart sold for $600,000. Holy shit. Okay, that's really yeah. bad. Um there's a brand called Menno Labs, the women's health and technology company, uh paid uh Dr. Reddy's some company called Dr. Reddy's paid $3 million for that. Um, HRB Brands paid $1.75 million for Pipette, the clean one75 brand. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Francisco Costa <laughs> bid uh, $350,000 to buy back his brand Costa Brazil in October. I don't know whether that actually was accepted or not. And then. So nobody knows the, the fate br- of Costa right now? Correct, as well as the fate of uh, JVN by Jonathan Van Ness did not sell. No one bought it, meaning wow. meaning no one bought it. Yeah, 
uh, Rose and they're Inc. in Sephora. Nobody bought. They're in Sephora. Mm-hmm. Nobody and, bought and, Rose Inc. Also in Sephora. Nope. You guys, everyone needs to be paying attention to like what think, but extrapolate on what this Naomi means. Watts. Naomi Watts. Nobody bought Naomi Watts's menopausal beauty brand stripes. Extrapolate on what this means. I respect Sephora a lot. I think if you go into Sephora, they also they expect a lot of the brands that go into Sephora to make themselves successful, they will support a brand as much as the brand will help itself. You know what I mean? So like, yep. I don't, I, that's not saying that Sephora is a bad partner, but it's also like, I've actually heard that Ulta is more it's like- a lot sink of work. Or, I, I would say Ulta, I've heard is more sink or swim to their brands than Sephora is definitely like, we're a partner with you, but you have to work your ass off. That tells me that, well, obviously JVN, cause they have to share the numbers with potential investors or buyers and so the numbers must not be good. They must not be moving at Sephora, which is crazy because I think, you know, when you see a brand go into Sephora or especially like on and have their own shelf or end cap in Sephora, you think, wow, they must be doing really well. Apparently not. And I had heard that JVN was doing well. Yeah. But I mean, I guess something is only as valuable as how much someone's willing to, someone else is willing to pay for it. And right now, like these are distressed assets that no one's really has a clear vision on how to turn around. I think the other issue, which I've long felt, is Rose Inc. and JVN are both like named after their founder, their celebrity founders. They're like synonymous with Rosie and JVN. And if I'm looking to buy a beauty company, Am I going to get into a mess where I might not even, at the end of the day, have the celebrity, like access to the celebrity to promote the brand? Like, who knows whether when they were selling these assets, what the deal, like what the contract was with JVN or with Rose Inc. So meaning I buy Rose Inc. I'm not buying Rosie. Like Rosie, who knows whether Rosie has to show up if I decide I'm going to take it into Ulta or I'm going to take it into Target or wherever I want to do with the brand to save it or to make my money back. Like who knows what the deal is. So I, I think that having a celebrity so prominently featured in a brand can be a liability in that anyone who's going to buy this company is thinking, hmm, I could buy this brand, but am I buying JVN? I'm not really buying them. I'm buying, you know what I mean? And then what do I have if I don't have the celebrity? The whole concept of how of scaling this like celebrity business and like there's even entire funds that I would say quite unsuccessfully try to attach celebrities to brands, not Speaking of your, <laughs> you're doing Nick, but um, thank you. And that's the promise that they sell to their partners, and it very rarely comes through fruition. And if it does, it's like very messy and can end up like this. Also, too, like there are people that I thought would be great spokespeople for certain brands, and then you find like fucking Jonah Hill is a misogynist and like controlling asshole, and I like even like. Uh, seemingly Hold on, like, what 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 beauty what beauty brand did Jonah Hill was he a spokesperson for? None. I'm just saying, like in the past, I've like pitched ideas like around like, oh, this would be like a good celebrity to attach to a brand. Like they're yeah. The well, the harmless. problem is is that they're, like the, they do whatever they want. Yeah. Or they have like so many freaking skeletons in their closet. Even like I remember watching like the NBA draft a few years, and there was this player. I don't know. I don't want to get into like 
this is like very dark it's very i don't know it's not even that dark but like basically there was a player recently that i was like oh he's squeaky squeaky clean like australian guy super cute like he would be great to like get in he's like not like he's not like lebron so he could be like kind of easy to partner with no he's fucking like on snapchat like dating a girl who's 15 years old and now like they're like saying like like it's just allegedly allegedly no i mean interesting it just shows you like where the market like where the market is right now like what the dollar amounts are i would have thought biosance at least like a hundred million dollars i mean i thought it was a pretty successful sephora brand it's but anyway if the product isn't good but didn't they have some cult products have you tried have you tried them i mean years ago but not recently i think cult doesn't always translate to mass success yeah true if you don't make quality products, good products, like it's just, I mean, we talked about this last week or two weeks ago with Beyonce. Like she has had several failed brands. You can't like put all the responsibility on the celebrity to. True. The product has to stand by itself and speak for itself. Mm-hmm. All right, next story. Speaking of major celebs. Taylor Swift is Times Person of the Year. Did you see the photos? I did. Inez and Venude with her cat on her back, which I kind of liked. Oh, I think they look great. I agree. And she's doing a helmet Newton. I, I just know. have a thing about I just have a thing about Taylor Swift where I I don't not like her, but I ambivalence is the best word to describe. I just like don't care. And I don't not care. I just don't like I, I mean, she's care. a government psyop. <laughs> I mean, kind of, but it's like, why? Like, I don't understand why the richest, most famous and successful and talented musician in the world, you know, asterisk, 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 asterisk. is like parading around like these like football games, but like with someone she just started why, dating. Like, I don't get why. it. But like, why why? she's so successful because she's middle America. She is mass. She is. That is what the people want. They want, they want a Travis Kelsey. They want a Tom Brady. They want a fucking Aaron Rodgers. They like, they, that's, that's America. And so I'm basically that I'm not the, I'm not her audience. No, no. But like people that I respect, like Las Kulch people uh, throughout the world, including Bowen and Matt Rogers, like they love Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's something that I people that I respect love Taylor Swift music podcast. Yeah, I know it's something that I have. And I'm just like, I'll try to. I'm. I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna listen to Taylor's version. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. And then I'm like, it's like riding in a car with your best friend. He's a. It's like what (laughs) I snuck in. I when I when I read the lyrics, it's like I snuck in through my garden gate to seal my fate. What? Did you just go into <laughs> rhyme zone and just look up words that rhymed with gate? Like this is people treat her like she's Bob Dylan, like she's some like incredible I know, lyricist. I know. She's a she's still that 15-year-old girl. I mean, I guess what is um, what is what she does is she like is one of the only pop singers whose like lyrics me, like tell a story and mean something versus like Ariana Grande, who I love much more than I love Taylor Swift, like her, the lyrics themselves don't mean anything. Usually. You know what I mean? They're like more for the sake of the beat. I think you're forgetting. I think you're forgetting Lana. I 
reject what you just said, actually. But, well, but did you know there's a whole backlash about Jack Antonoff, speaking of the Lana Del Rey of it all? And Taylor Swift. Because, right, because he it produces both of them. Mm-hmm. And some people say that, like, you can't, like, you, at this point, you can't really tell the difference between their songs except for, like, when they sing oh, them. Oh, please. No. Another thing I'm rejecting. You can't tell the difference between Lana and Taylor Swift. There's there's a TikTok, like apparently there's like a TikTok account where someone is like trying to like, can say whether it's the Jack Antonoff song. Of course by, like, it's on TikTok. First note. The, yeah. All the morons in the world are on TikTok. I tried to TikTok oh, the other day and it was it just here. like, it was, they literally, I realized how bad TikTok is. Too hard for you? Then 80, who's the fucking moron? No, I realized how bad ADHD, like how TikTok is fueling the, the yeah. growth of ADHD. No, right. It literally had two TikTok videos that had nothing to do with each other playing side by side. That was the content <laughs> I was fed. It was like, somebody, oh, I like, love those ones. It's like, like it's what? like ASMR and then next to like a podcast interview. It's like someone yeah, cutting it was like through somebody, like, yes. like styrofoam. Ugh, I, I love those. This is what I'm saying. It's like it's you just, can't just consume one thing. Pleasure now on sent- no. No. It hits, it hits both pleasure centers of your brain. And that's how the Chinese are going to come in and, and I mean the government and take over. Here's my thing about that. If you want my personal information so they badly, already have, it. have at it. What do you want? What do you want? You want to see naked pictures? Go ahead. I know. The naked pictures thing, I'm like, listen, if it happened to some of the most leading lady, beautiful women on earth, like – yeah. Much like we said in a previous episode that if you don't want to be quoted, don't be interviewed. If you don't want a naked picture out in the world, don't take a naked picture. I think that – And I'm, this only goes for selfies. Revenge porn, deep fake porn, all that stuff I am firmly against and will fight against. Personally, I'm against anyone under 18. Oh, Yes. <laughs> But is 18, obviously 18 is the, well, 16 to 18 is are, is the age of consent, but should that also, like, in terms of sex, Jesus. but should that also be, is that also the age of consent for taking s- naked pictures of yourself? There's been, I think that that is a question in culture. There's been a lot of court cases around, like, are kids liable for... Um, oh, porn, if they take a picture of their girlfriend and or something or like distribute, that? Or distribute, yeah. Anyway, yeah, dark, dark. Okay, Back on. to Taylor in these photos. I will say I don't like how she's rubbing her bang privilege in everybody's face. What's bang privilege? She can look good in bangs and without bangs. And I think that that's like ultimately what we're seeing here is that. And ultimately, I think when I think about Taylor Swift and why she's so appealing to the masses and I think about other banged celebrities, the Zoe Deschanel's, the, you know, it's bangs they're selling this fantasy that you will look good with bangs. And I think a lot of women respond to that and they, they follow, they become like disciples of Taylor Swift because they think like, look, she looks good with bangs and without bangs. Like I should try bangs. And it's like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I feel like bangs for girls the equivalent for men is like bleaching your hair. Like you're never going to get the captain of the football team and you're never going to look good with bangs. That's something that we, we all have to accept in life. And also the captain of the football team, like who cares? He's like Tim Riggins, like bonehead. Yeah. 
I no, never that's saw smart. that show. But I, but I, and then I think that then I, when I start thinking about that and I think about how Taylor Swift's lyrics are not incredibly intellectually intellectual. And I think, and then I look at Travis Kelsey's like stupid tweets or whatever. I'm like, maybe they are, maybe this is a real relationship. Maybe this isn't set up by the Biden administration. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily like a Biden administration thing. No, it's CIA. It's CIA. (laughs) I know. I think it's much simpler than any of that. I think Russia, it's what it's why JLo and Ben Affleck call the paparazzi like two of the most famous people in the world who do not need nor at this point probably benefit from any more like that additional amount of press can't like can't not or something just, like they Taylor- live in the public eye and like in order to live they need to be in the public eye because like JLo and Ben Affleck have been going to the opening of an envelope together kissing on the red carpet like if you're ben affleck is one thing if you're j-lo the amount of prep and primping and like shit you have to do to go to an event Mm -hmm. is like takes forever and it's not fun and you're wearing an uncomfortable dress and uncomfortable shoes and people are coming up to you and putting their hand on your you know what i mean like don't you just want to be in sweats at home i don't think she does like Jennifer Aniston is never on the red carpet unless she has something to promote. JLo lives on the red carpet, but she's so famous. And those pictures that like this past summer of uh, it'd be like JLo and Ben walking in the middle of like a ha- like an empty Hamptons road, <laughs> like paparazzi. I'm like, this is so clearly these are so clearly staged photographs. But like they're so famous. Anyway, all of which is to say, I think it's like sort of the same thing. Where like with Taylor, she grew up in with fame, and I think she doesn't know any different. So you're saying like the, the paparazzi are her like lifeblood, like, or no? Like I think the the public attention on her relationship makes it feel real to her. That might be the deepest thing that we've ever encountered <laughs> on this podcast. I think that's like other like there's no other explanation for why she would not just go in a side entrance. Yeah. Cause she's so open with everyone about yeah. through her songs about like all of her relationships. She likes to dig up things from the past. She likes to have people speculate, give them breadcrumbs. And yeah, I that's, I think maybe you're right. The paparazzi is like a way for her to communicate with everyone. Like, look how I'm doing. I'm- and it validates her own sense of, like this is a real relationship see there's pictures of it people care about it this is real you know what i mean like it's all sort of like a everything's feeding everything else well all i know is we can kiss Minetta tavern goodbye because you're never going to be able to get a table there ever again because is that where they've been going yeah they that's where they had like a whole like that's where she took like the girl gang one night oh like the sophie turner of it all and selena gomez you know Okay. Anyway, what else do we have? Sorry, I need a break. That was like... That was a lot. Take a walk around. Okay. This was exciting news that came out this morning to me, which was Ariana Maddox, the scorned scorned breakout star of Vanderpump Rules, come Dancing with the Stars for uh, Frontrunner has been announced as, you guessed it, 
the next Roxy Hart in Chicago. Which leads me to the question, what is the meaning, what is the role of the role of Roxy Hart in modern society? Yeah. Like, what, what is it about playing Roxy Hart that is meaningful in the realization of a, shall we say, totem of our society and <laughs> I'm just pulling words out of a grab bag. <laughs> what, okay. Why does everyone play Roxy Hart? Okay, because it is the one show that has a very easy stunt casting ability to like cycle in and out people. And like, I don't think it's not like Sondheim. We're like, the you know, like you. It is it in New York to learn the songs? Yes, it's on Broadway. Okay. Did, I mean, I no. just, I also the, just the play is called Chicago because it takes place in the city <laughs> of Chicago, which is in Illinois. <laughs> this is like my I know, and con- this is what's confusing. I know, I know. Okay, so yet the play is on Broadway in New York. I think that the reason why there's always famous people playing Roxy Hart is, but because like C list famous, C list famous. Yes, well, because I don't think you're going to be able to book. I mean, I, I don't think it's a fun job seven days or whatever, like seven performances a week, like. You Did know, you know that the median and, household income of the average Broadway theater goer is like $250,000? Really? Isn't that insane? Yeah, that is. But like, have you ever been backstage at a Broadway theater? Yes, Not actually, I have. I interviewed the makeup they're, artist. They're tiny. Yeah, it's... It's not nice. It's not like cushy. There's not like a fun little green room. It's, where like it's Harry Potter celebrity. and Dobby yes. under the stairs. Yeah, it's not nice. So like even the nicest theater is not nice. So I just don't think it's appealing unless you're like the star of a really important, cool show. And that part, you don't really have to be able to sing to do it. Like you can, you have to like carry a tune, but it doesn't, it's not like playing Alphaba and Wicked or something where like you have to really be able to sing your heart out. Right. And it's like you get to tap dance and it's sort of like fun and sexy. Now, here's another question. What is the role of cameo in modern society? Mm. We had a reader, a very, I mean, she was dialed in. Olivia Green sent us. George Santos was immediately on cameo (laughs) after he got expelled from Congress. I thought it it was AI at first. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at, but I shared it immediately. And then it turns out, yeah, it's... (laughs) It turns out it's it was not AI. It's real, which is so funny. What he's like saying, he's he is he loves it. He loves the he loves this character that he has become. His price went from like seventy five dollars to like one hundred and fifty dollars per cameo, and now it's at press time four hundred dollars. Yeah. I wonder what he's going to get at Sephora. I noticed he was wearing like a berry lip stain in some of the photos that I posted. Like yeah. a matte. Probably, I bet he's an hourglass girly. Mm, well, he needs something long, luxury and long lasting that does feel like hourglass. Yeah. I don't know. I he's Is he not going to go to jail? No, I don't think he was charged with any crimes. I think he just... Oh, wait, was he? Yeah, felonies, right? No. Am um, I making this up? I mean... I don't know. Listen, people don't come here for the politics. Here's what I think it is. 
Listen, we're not the judicial system. He got kicked out of Congress because of like all these things that he like, he like misappropriated funds. He like used other people's credit card. You know, he used like, he was like basically the Jen Shaw of Congress. (laughs) And I think it was enough to expel him from his congressional seat. And it has to be enough to put him in jail. But I think that proceeding will take much longer. But I like, is it okay to get a, cameo is it okay to put money in george santos's pocket to get a cameo from him because it's making fun of him in a way or is it not okay ethically my philosophy on this is money isn't real so spend away if that's what's going to bring you peace or like give you a little bit of happiness yeah just ask yourself like are you who are you doing this for are you doing this for george santos then i don't know i don't think don't don't, then don't if you're doing it for you then that's your experience with it that's self-care and it's not hurting anyone no it's actually not yeah it's really not because he doesn't have to steal from anyone he's making an honest living so this was a, a a pr pitch i think it was a pitch I don't even know what it was a pitch for. It wasn't a very good PR pitch, but there is a study that just came out. This is actually according to Google trends data that surgery in Turkey, the search term surgery in Turkey exploded uh, by 706% in 2023. So search searches for this term were up 700%. Which makes sense because everyone and their mother is getting hair plugs in Turkey or nose jobs in Turkey. I guess, I mean, I guess the beginning and the end of it is that like you can get a good nose job or good hair plugs for, you know, $5,000 or $3,000 versus like $50,000 in the US, I think, right? Mm-hmm. That's why people are going there. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a bad idea because like if something god forbid goes wrong yeah but they sell you like a whole package it's like a vacation package i've seen right but like content creators <laughs> post like travel vlogs where they're like in this is no a right yeah. hotel and my boyfriend got hair plugs while i got a nose job and a chin they threw in a chin for free because i love dr zamana vor right but did we learn anything from uh jennifer aiden and her nose and chin job. I which like is... how, I notice you bring it back to Housewives so often. <laughs> it's really the only content. So just talk about content. The only content I consume these days. But Jennifer Aiden, for those of you who aren't familiar, is a New Jersey housewife whose husband is a New Jersey plastic surgeon, Bill Aiden. And you would think that when she would get a nose job and a chin implant, she would go to her husband. But her husband... I guess will not perform surgery on her anymore. So she went to Turkey and she got uh, what can only be described as a bad nose job and a bad chin job. I believe she took the chin out and the nose is still settling. I think women are really fucking up their jawlines. I've said it. I think we need to stop with the buccal. Buckle. Is it buckle or buccal, Nick? I don't know. We need to stop with the Botox, the masseters. Like fix fix the root cause. Why are you grinding your teeth? Don't 
treat the symptoms and wither away the muscles that will cause the rest of your face above it to collapse and you'll look older in a few years. And like, not everybody needs a fucking Jay Leno chin. Like, what are you doing? I agree. I also, because Casey's in this field, like have seen people in the field who will kind of give people what they want. I feel like Casey is one of the only people that I've ever come across who will very happily turn someone away if he doesn't think that what they are saying they want is going to make them look quote unquote better. Oh um, yeah. His name's like, going to be attached to it. Yeah. And he like, that's how he sees it. And he would much rather not do it than give someone something bad. Hard agree. I mean, it's really and it's good. Also, it's it's like a long term, like the way he sees it, it's like all it's all long term treatment. It's not a short term fix. So to your point about like, oh, if we keep on Botoxing like this, I'm pointing to like my upper face, then that might cause over 10 years something else to Muscle drop. Atrophy. Like, exactly. So like you want to go to someone for any of these things who's thinking long term. Anyone who's gonna do a nose job on like a 16 year old. I would walk away from. But that that's a tale as old as time. Your face changes. I'm sorry, but like, I think we forget like 16 year olds getting nose jobs was, it has been happening what, since the 70s, 60s? No, the 1670s. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks, thank you for like checking me on that. I needed it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know. So, here are the other here are the other search terms. This these are now uh, search terms in the U.S. One of the biggest of 2023 was "mommy makeover," that was a 529 percent increase over the past five years. And the hashtag "mommy makeover" on TikTok reached 1.1 billion views, and uh, Brazilian butt lift is one uh, Botox lip filler, liposuction, and microblading. I don't know, guys. That's so much. I mean, you're going to probably spend a lot of the second half of your life like in and out of doctor's offices and hospitals. It's why are we why are we doing that to ourselves earlier than we need to? I'm scared. Like it makes me scared to get older now because women feel the need to go get like drastic surgeries when they when things ha happen to them that happen to everyone instead of making me feel like oh like 50 is the new 30 i'm like fuck like if it's not am i gonna like this is what you'll have to get done to feel okay you know, turn yeah yeah well, honestly as my parents like to say no matter you know no matter where you go there you are it's freaky. That's why I've become, I'm excited to announce today, a gym rat. I'm going to be the sinewy Pilates bitch, 60 years old, making content. I think you I follow, just. <laughs> I follow this woman. Well, the one thing, though, is you have to wear sunscreen more often than you do. Oh you have God, to stop Nick. sunbathing. That's so mean. Do you think it shows? You have to. It will. No, but I look like a baby. It hasn't done it I yet. I know, but you won't. But it it happens really fast. But don't like you agree? Overnight. I should have more sun damage than I do. I mean, but who knows? We need to get one of those black lights, and then I can answer that Casey's question. Casey's never men mentioned anything, so 
we'll leave it at that. But there's this woman I follow who is like, has the like hottest bod and her name is Michelle. Her name is Michelle Laframboise. She is your menopause bestie, Pilates instructor and registered nurse. Women's metabolism and hormones. And then she has a 25% off skincare code in her bio. The other things we just very, very quickly wanted to touch on. Balenciaga show in Los Angeles, my my city. Here's here's my hot take. Balenciaga has jumped the shark. Reductive. To come to Los Angeles to stage a show and you have pink matching fucking juicy couture sweatsuits and and coffee and Erwan groceries it's like tiktok yeah, did this like four years ago <laughs> five yeah. years ago and guess what like jeremy scott like this has just been done didn't gucci just do it i don't know everyone it's just so obvious and low-hanging fruit and i guess i uh lauren Sherman, the fashion writer who has a like a really wonderful uh, twice weekly newsletter with Puck. Shout out to that newsletter. It's called Line Sheet. You What's can Google Puck? It and it's a, a Substack started by a journalist that was covering Hollywood, and now Lauren Sherman does the fashion part of Hollywood. Anyway, she was saying is that like what you can't see in the pictures is how incredible and immaculate like the tailoring of everything was that walked down the runway she was there but i think like that notwithstanding the it just it just felt so jeremy scott for moschino from 2010 like it it just like it was not interesting it was not modern it didn't make you think and i also think it's crazy that like do you remember when he had like all of these hints, all of these winks, dog whistles about like essay and yeah, we talked about it on the pod. Child, like abuse, like all that stuff. Yeah, in all of the in, in like multiple yeah. campaigns, multiple campaigns. Oh, okay, they there there was two campaigns that like there were like books or whatever, like mm-hmm. you know, in the corner that were related to something quite sinister. He apologized. He blamed it on the set decorator who had clearly nothing to do with it. He was just going off a shopping list. And now everyone's back with with Demna. Kim's back. Like, remember, she didn't wear it for, like, a few months. Like, the it was like, are, are we going to really stand up against this? And it was like, oh, no, we're not, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's Hollywood, baby. And he also did it. He also did the – he staged the show in Hancock Park, which if you know Los Angeles is like very classic Hollywood, like where there's like a lot of big Tudor mansions, like very sort of old Hollywood. To me, if he was going to actually do this the right way, he would stage it on like Rodeo Drive. You know, like it would be Beverly Hills, hmm. which is like more synonymous with this like over-the-top – vapid thing that he was trying to conjure yeah i'm really just uninspired with fashion right now except for we'll get to this after we'll we'll foil this with a fun fashion thing after oh my god can i say one fun fashion thing quickly no guess who has a pair of ugg ultra minis now you didn't always evie oh evie (laughs) they make them in her size i got they make them in her size. Aww. Anyway, continue. Will you post a pic? Yeah. 
another thing I'm kind of it's just fashion just becoming so reductive and it's weird to me that like I'm like the reason that high fashion exists couture is to influence the Us. the plebeians of the world like it's a yeah. trickle down effect trickle down economics with ideas and fashion. we all saw we all saw the dead wars product however what is happening with Balenciaga doing this like shitty juicy couture referencing like fashion show in, in LA to what is the deal with Bottega? I actually got this confused earlier. You pointed out very correctly that Balenciaga and Bottega are two different brands, but Bottega's new campaign is just, I think it was shot by black grid, like the paparazzi conglomerate back grid. Yeah. yeah. Agency. Is it back grid or black grid? I think it's back grid. It's a campaign of, who is it? ASAP and Kendall yeah. Jenner just like just walking going to sushi park, going like carrying like with and also <laughs> and, and it's it's been done because every fucking like French influencer girly with a fashion brand has done a staged like paparazzi, paparazzi photo show or photo shoot either based off of that um, paparazzi campaign that was shot by. What was that old Mizell, Vogue? Yeah. Italian Vogue. Or based on the Carolyn Bissette Kennedy and um, RFK Jr. paparazzi. JFK Jr. J- sorry, JFK Jr. <laughs> Not RFK. Paparazzi photos. Yeah, yeah. And there was even a brand, I was so darked out by this, that did an AI version of it, which really creeped Oof. me out. I posted about it on Meta and I was just like, and also like, it was weird. She did like, the way she, I'm like, what terms did you put into Oh, chat GBT. Yeah, chat GBT to to make this model. Like, were you like ethnically ambiguous, like, but also looks like Angelina Jolie? Probably, yes. Um, it, I was just like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. And you're also not paying people to create these images, which also freak like, and it just doesn't feel like. As content creators. As content creators, feel right. it feels a little selfish. Anyway, here's um, what I'll say. Do you remember when I was very disappointed that Rihanna announced her pregnancy with backgrid paparazzi pictures? No, she had her friend shoot it. She had her friend shoot it. I know this for a fact. It wasn't paparazzi photos. It wasn't. No, she had. But they looked like like they were supposed to look like paparazzi. No, her and ASAP did like that, like couples photo shoot. Remember, they just like did it on the street in New York. I think. I thought okay, yeah, maybe that fine. But I thought it was sort of like the same idea, where like, you know the industry is sort of taking back paparazzi pictures, which is like ironic too, to come out with a shoot like that at the very time where people are watching the final episodes of the crown, which is the story of princess Diana getting killed by the paparazzi or nobody's watching the crown. I've heard everybody's like, I stopped watching the crown like two seasons ago. It like already jumped the shark. Oh, really? Well, Casey's still watching it, and I was like, "This is just like, have we learned nothing?" Now we're like, "Well, back to maybe celebrating." Maybe J Lo and Ben are the are haute couture in terms of like vibes. Yeah, definitely vibe wise. You're right, vibes and influence. That's the name of this episode, by the way. Vibes and influence. Anyway, I'm just kind of like, what's going on? I'm not inspired. Even I'm trying to get a New Year's Eve dress. Impossible. They're all so cheapy. Yeah. They're not hot. They don't look like they would like. And speaking of tailoring, nothing's tailored anymore. It's all made in like, it's all fast fashion. It's just, it's just how much are you willing to pay for it? You know? Meanwhile, what about Swarovski skims? We talked about it. I'm not interested. You don't want to wear it? No. That's what I'm talking about. You don't want to the... wear it? No. 
No, I don't want to wear. I don't want to wear like a. I I don't mind a bodycon dress, but it has to have structure and it has to have the fabric needs to have weight to it. I'm not wearing like a little t-shirt dress. Like I'm not wearing like I'm right now. I'm wearing an American Apparel stretch poly blend co- poly cotton blend heathered tank, and that well, that I bought. You're able to separate the art from the artist that I bought in. Well, I used to work there, so. That I bought in when I used to work there, or I got for free when I used to work there a million years ago. And so, where, like, I don't need to now be paying $700 for self portraits version of that with a few rhinestones, like, glued on. Like, give me, I need, like, I need darts. I need, you want to be inspired again. Yeah. And, and all the good dresses are like $2,000. So I'm just like, crazy. No thanks. And it sucks. I really want to. What are, what are you doing for New Year's? Nothing. Okay. Evie, I haven't even talked about my life as a parent in the last few episodes, but Evie is now in a big girl bed, meaning she's not in a crib, a.k.a. like baby jail. So she's free range. <laughs> and so she wakes up multiple times a night and comes upstairs into our room and it's like a whole thing and we basically haven't slept in four months wait you don't lock you don't lock her in a room we tried this thing called a monkey lock which like is a plastic lock that kind of looks like a monkey because it has like one curved hand that goes like inside the door and one that goes on like the door frame um and so you can still like open it a little bit it's not like a solid lock anyway Effie was like screaming she was like don't lock me in don't lock me in she knew and we're like happening. we can't do this oh, what we no. said like we're gonna put this lock on because other room like and then we we're like we're not we can't keep this on she's like where's the key where's the key and then we like at one point casey did it like this was like one of the first times we were like if you don't stay in your room we're gonna have to lock it and so she like came out again so he like held the door closed for a second and she was like, Rafi, help! Jean, Jean, help! Anyone help! And we were like, I love that. In a, in a state of panic, she's willing to even call Rafi, who she like hits for help. She's... Anyone help! Evie is like pure camp. <laughs> she is. She really is. When, last time we hung out, she... Remember her like little ghost, Evie? And with her little blanket? That was the funniest. She's now really into being a witch. And (laughs) she thinks that witches say, he, 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 he. I guess they kind of do. They do. (laughs) But it's like, I don't think of a witch. And I think, he, 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 he. Oh, I love that, where she's going with her character. Just look at at me sweating. I think it was all of that, like, really, like, hardcore, like, cultural conversation commentary that we were giving everyone should we do product of the week and then get the heck out of here okay my product of the week is compounded ozempic (laughs) i just read that that's dangerous why i don't know the new york times i just read it in the new york times that it's it can be dangerous because there's a lack of oversight fine so you need to go somewhere you trust okay explain what it is i don't think everybody like knows about compounding so essentially obviously like ozempic is a drug that has uh 
a trademark or a uh, patent on the name Ozempic, you know, like the, the drug and Ozempic. And this is why, like, for a certain number of years, like a drug can only be the name brand, right? Like Vyvanse this past year just became uh, the trademark or the patent, whatever it is in pharmaceuticals, uh, expired. And so now all drug companies can make the chemical of Vyvanse available. They're supposed to be. So, like, but they haven't. There's not actually a generic of Vyvanse available yet. Which yeah, I there is. Very- I think I, oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But, they, but they're supposed to start doing it. Anyway, this happened with like, this happens with all the, the big drugs where like it, it, because it's at a certain point, it's obviously not one person should be able to make uh, what is just a combination of and, ingredients, right? And Den- Denmark is the place making Ozempic and Wagovi, I believe. And it apparently has like completely transformed their economy. <laughs> Really? I bet. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's semaglutide, which is the, you know, ing- the main thing in Ozempic <laughs> ingredient, I guess, or like, uh, yeah, ingredient. And for a while in California, it was fine. Like you could go to a compounding pharmacy, which is where say you want to get an antibiotic turned into a cream as opposed to a pill like you could go to a compounding pharmacy and they'll like make you the same level of antibiotic in whatever format you need it in they can also like they have all the ingredients to make most drugs and if you have a prescription they can make you essentially like they could have made you ozempic then california i guess made that illegal but certain doctor's offices can carry the basically like what is the active ingredient in ozempic um so it's like it's like the the white label correct okay it's just it's like the raw material Mm -hmm. it's like having a cup of caffeine versus having a cup of coffee like the same level of caffeine but like you're just not getting the coffee flavor i guess and and why is it your product of the week (sighs) um is it hot in here or is it just me? It's my product of the week because Ozempic this week, uh, they, I just saw a, a study was released that showed that Ozempic can also help curb alcohol cravings. And in apparently a cigarette. Way. Apparently cigarette. Maybe cigarette too. But I just think that Ozempic is still, there's a lot of shame around people, quote unquote, turning to Ozempic or using Ozempic for weight loss or for weight maintenance, etc. You know, I think we're coming to a place where there is enough supply for those who need it for diabetes, prediabetes, etc., as well as those who uh, want it or need it for weight loss, or what I sort of find that Ozempic has done for me, which is like quieting all of like the food noise and food anxiety. It doesn't, you know, make you enter it to me for me, it hasn't made me not eat at all. But it just like quiets the anxiety that a lot of us that I have like lived with for many years. Also, I just think can be a helpful. I, I definitely found this when I first started taking it that I didn't have any alcohol cravings. And I think that that's like a really interesting and potentially life saving quality or like side effect or effect that the drug can have, which, you know, as we're going into the holiday season, you know, it's just something 
good to keep in mind, like ways to curb if you if you struggle with alcohol, if you imbibe too much during the holidays, it seems to be support coming out that it that Ozempic can help, which is I just think is interesting. So that's you know, compound Ozempic is less than half the price of like if you don't have a prescription, which like most insurance companies are not covering it for weight loss or certainly not for uh, alcohol addiction, I imagine yet. But if you can find a compounding pharmacy or a doctor in the state that you live in, and this is an issue for you, and you qualify, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Okay. So the headline is Ozempic helps with addiction, whether it be... It's, it's a small scale study. But the study that, that found that all participants had a clinically significant decrease in symptoms while they were using semaglutide. Is it because you just feel sick all the time? So the idea of like drinking is just mm. not appealing? I think yes. I think also it just quiets the noise, which some of it is, you know, it, it makes you less anxious, which also think would make you drink less. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I think. I mean, when... Drinking time comes around is what a topo chico with a little bit of bitters and a squeeze of lime. It feels like you're mm. drinking alcohol. I like that. But like it feels like you're not left out. If that makes sense. And I feel like it makes others feel like you're not like killing the vibe, which I think is stupid. I, people like people want drinking partners to like what's the word I'm looking for? Validate their drinking. <laughs> and so yeah. if you are like, I don't feel like drinking, then sometimes they act very like disappointed. But anyway, I'm going to get drunk tonight. I'm having dinner with my friend Katie. who's in town. <laughs> Tomorrow I have a lunch. I'm break busting my friend out of work and we're like going to a fancy lunch and Ooh. getting martinis after. So Kate, young friend of the pod told me to everybody's by the way been sending me really great advice on my hormonal acne Acne journey i've started to drink spearmint tea i looked for spearmint capsules couldn't find them very rare so i started drinking spearmint tea which apparently helps regulate hormones and i think it's already working it's hard a little bit hard to find because everything's peppermint don't get peppermint get spearmint and the trick is the hack, if you will, is to get sleepy time tea because that has spearmint in it. It's one of the few like mass tea brands with spearmint and it's usually the first or second ingredient. So get your sleepy time tea and that's been helpful. And then Kate Young told me to get charcoal pills. So I've been like trying to remember to take a charcoal pill before and after drinking. So we'll see. Okay. Is that your product of the week? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Our podcast is produced by Jonathan Corman of Friend of the Pod and edited by AJ Mosley. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty. We will be releasing monthly bonus episodes there where we – it's just more unfiltered. It's just this. More, <laughs> it's just this but more. But with the volume turned up. If you've ever if you've um, ever finished an episode of Eyewitness and been like, I wish there was another new episode on right now that I could listen to, then you should probably subscribe to our Patreon. Be. 
And we're also releasing all of our video episodes. So knowing that podcasting has become a visual medium, that's where you can find our visual medium. And by the way, give us some feedback on the videos because they take a long time to edit and I don't really want to be doing all of that if you guys don't care. So patrons, patrons, make yourselves heard. What do you want to see with video? And with that, we bid you adieu. We'll see you next week. Bye.